everybody. Welcome to Latch Mama Podcast. Melissa here. Um, it is almost spring in Virginia. It's actually cold again, though, today, which is very sad. It, it tricked us. It got warm and it felt like spring for a little while, but it was good. It got warm enough that everything turned green, but now it's like 37 degrees again. Um, so, yeah, we're making do, though. Um, Lindy is here today and we are going to talk about birth stories. Um, we're going to go back and forth a little bit, talk about our takeaways from our 11 combined births. It's a lot of babies. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about it, what we've learned um, over the years of birth and babies. Hope you guys enjoy it. You're listening to the Latch Mama podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, business owner and tired mom of five. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, nursing, parenting, and all things motherhood. Hi, Hi. friend. How are you? Hi, good. good we haven't good. done this in a few weeks. I know. It's been a while. It's been a long time. Um, but it's good. I feel like spring is coming. Yes. Which, when you have a big family and the weather changes and everybody can be outside, it is like... It's it's like a, it's like an upgrade as a mother. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's gorgeous. It's incredible. Lindy's headed to Florida later today. <laughs> She's gonna go spend a week in a condo. I would like to call it vacation, but I know better than that because it's never vacation nope. when you travel with your children. It's just parenting from another place. Yep. <laughs> um, so we've kind of compiled some podcast ideas that you guys have given us, and we are going to just kind of go through them over the next few weeks and months. And the first one we're going to talk about is how our babies came into the world, which is exciting and fun and wonderful to talk about. And I always love hearing people's birth stories. Um, but because we have so many, we're going to have to go kind of quickly through them. So we're really going to yeah. hit on kind of what we learned from each of their births some takeaways, maybe things that we wanted to change on the other side of them because it's not always perfect. Um, things don't always go the way you planned, but I like to think that they go the way that they're sometimes supposed to go in terms of teaching you and growing you as a mother. Um, but yeah, do you want to start yeah. since you have the oldest child? Um, sure. <clears throat> so Lennox is my oldest. He's 13 this year. Um, how old were you when you got pregnant with him? Um, I think I had him at 25, so maybe Ooh. 24. Okay. That's young. 25. Yeah. I had no clue what I was doing. Um, <laughs> I look back and I really just don't. I mean, you, you can read all the things. Childbirth? And, Did you take a class or anything? Um, I don't think I took a childbirth class. I did some on breastfeeding because I really wanted to breastfeed. Um, still came out really not knowing anything. All right. Um, so you basically just was like, you just basically signed up with an OB and said, I'm going to have this baby and I hope to breastfeed it. And yep, didn't give a whole know. lot of thought of how it was going to come out of your no, body. I had no idea. Anybody listening right now who is doing kind of the same thing Lindy is. That's just like, Hey, I'm gonna have a baby and I the nursery's know. great. And then I have this awesome coming home outfit and it's fantastic. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Go research how you want to have your baby. Put thought into it. Talk to people. Read books because it is so yeah. important. Yeah. Don't close your eyes and show up at a hospital and say, oh, I want to have my baby and then mm -hmm. come home with your baby. 
because that it matters. It absolutely matters. And we can ignore it all day long and we can say, it's fine. Healthy mom, healthy baby, healthy baby, healthy mom. I don't even know the saying, but it matters guys. So, yeah. And I didn't know, I didn't know options. I didn't Mm -hmm. really know where to look or what was there. And so anyways, I went to have my baby and, um, Hold on. Did you like go into labor yourself? Nope. I was told he was pretty big. So it gets you all worried, right? Yep. I'm sure we've all heard that before. And um, I had him. I had no idea. Kind of like. Hold on. Did you go in? Were you induced? Yeah. At how many weeks? Um, 40 and a bit. Okay. Um, and for those of you who don't know, most first time moms do go over 40 weeks. Yeah. All my kids were late. Well, no, except for the last ones, but that's different. Um, so yeah, I went in and I mean, it really wasn't, I was scared as a new mom. Mm-hmm. Did you even like know what Pitocin was? No. And the one thing that I would change, we talk about like maybe one thing I yeah. would come back from mm-hmm. that, but really you don't know this until you've gone through and learned and had experience. Mm-hmm. Right. So I went in there and the nurse was like, you know, of course I'm like, I'm, I'm just nervous. Like Absolutely. all of it. Yeah. She's like, yeah, so you're in here because of high blood pressure. And I'm like, nope, never had blood, high blood pressure. And she's like, it's on the forum. I'm like, nope. And she's like, well, your doctor wrote it down. So Holy right, <clears throat> right then and there, I should have walked out of that hospital. Yeah. But I didn't know. I didn't have the education. I didn't know. I didn't. But the induction thankfully went fine. Um, I did have an epidural. I truly had no idea and I think like most women mm-hmm. if you're not educated and you and you don't know kind of what that feels like especially contractions on Pitocin um I was also coming from a very very athletic background yep. so the way for me and you kind of learned through births but every time that contraction hit my whole body just gripped it so I was literally like just n- not letting my body kind of progress. Absolutely. So as soon as I did get that epidural, I was able to let my stomach muscles relax and actually do the work. Um, <clears throat> everything was fine. Um, did you push for a while? No, I didn't. I think I pushed for like five minutes. Yeah. And I think that's coming from an athletic background. Yeah. I've never had the issues pushing. Um, but I also do wonder looking back, he came out very conehead and in the end he actually had like a post, like a little seizure that, mm-hmm. Really, he's perfectly fine, but we spent a week in the children's hospital, and I wondered if I was actually pushing earlier than I needed to um, with the strength that I had Mm -hmm. that could have possibly created that because none of my other kids had that issue. Um, So it's just, yeah. I look back, and it was just, it was very uneducated. I didn't know where to look. I think you need to trust yourself. mm -hmm. Um, You know, don't ever get admitted because there's some sort of lie on a thing. So, and I have to say that, but I have to say like that, that is an OB issue. And also Mm -hmm. me, my other ones, I have, I have an amazing OB. So it's not just to kind of obstetricians. I think there's good and there's bad care providers everywhere, but you really do need to trust yourself, Mm -hmm. you know? But in that moment, I mean, this is hindsight, right? After experience. I just can't like, so it was, it was hard. It's hard to look back on that Mm -hmm. one, especially your first one. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I was thinking today about, you know, I knew we were going to talk about this and I was thinking about what my life was like nine years ago because my firstborn will be nine in two weeks and how much I knew about birth. And luckily I had leaned into a little bit of it. My mother-in-law, so my husband's mom, 
um, was very, very into how her children came into the world. And she had her last one at home and her last one in Richmond. Um, so Eric was always very kind of adamant about the fact that we really concentrated on learning and and how our babies came into the world. And I don't know, I, I was thinking about the fact that when I was pregnant with Nathan, I was working in like corporate America. Nobody had home births. Nobody was hippie. Everybody wore pantsuits and heels. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know how exactly I ended up where I ended up um, in terms of not going the typical OB route. Um, But, you know, I'm thankful I did because I think that that first birth led to the second, which led to the start of Latch Mama, which led to the, you know, eventual of the rest of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is interesting to look back at what you knew the first time versus as you have more kids and as you educate yourself. And it almost takes going through the process once and then looking back on it and remembering like how much little things play into it, you know? But just that made me think like if you had said midwife, I don't even know if that, if I would have known what that was Absolutely, at 25. Yeah. And I'd really didn't know anybody who either had a home birth or mm-hmm. was at a midwife center. Do you yeah, know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it just it didn't even pop into my yeah. mind as to far as like, what are my choices? Yeah. And midwifery <clears throat> care in a lot of ways is very different than what you're going to see in a typical OB care. I mean, there's OBs that practice very similarly to midwives. Um, you know, and I'm sure that there are hospital based midwives who practice more like OBs. But, you know, the midwifery model of care really, really takes care of kind of the whole woman throughout or the whole birthing person throughout the pregnancy, Um, which for me, especially now with as much as I have on my plate, is really important to me because it's not necessarily the physical stuff that I struggle with during pregnancy. It's the fact that your entire body changes. Your mind changes. Your ability to just have stamina and life changes. You know, everything, everything gets affected. And as you have more children, you know, the idea of bringing more people into this world is, is hard. And it's, it's great to be able to have a type of care that really recognizes the fact that your life is changing and you're growing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really understand that nine years ago, but I did know that coming from also an athletic background that I wanted to challenge myself and I wanted to challenge my body and I wanted to try and have a baby without as many interventions as possible. Um, like most women I had, seen the business of being born. And I believed in that cascade of interventions. I believe that in many cases, birth and hospitals do treat, you know, sometimes childbirth as a machine that has to, you know, continue. I mean, hospitals have to make money and, you know, you're not going to have a woman in most cases sit in labor for, you know, three days you know, you're going to need that hospital bed. You're going to need to move them forward. So, you know, I believe in the fact that, you know, once you enter the hospital for various reasons, there are timelines and I wanted to try and stay out of that as much as possible. So luckily for me, we had the first like birth center in Richmond had opened, um, as I got pregnant with my first, um, I did a, a model of prenatal care called centering, um, pregnancy, which was, mm-hmm which is cool. And I know there's various places in Richmond that you can still do it. And I know that model of care is throughout the country too. It was basically group prenatal classes, which 
was really cool. It allowed us to kind of talk about other topics. It allowed people to be together in a group. It's just kind of like group therapy in the sense that more questions are going to be asked and you're going to make friendships mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So if that is an option somewhere um, locally for you guys, especially first-time moms, it was very, very helpful for me. Um, but yeah, you know, I got told all the same stuff that you get told you know, your first pregnancy that you're going to most likely go over 40 weeks, that you're going to push for three hours, you know, or two hours. I don't know what the statistic is. I don't mean to be dramatic. It's not three hours, but, um, I think it's a significant amount of time. Um, you know, that labor is going to be long. It's going to be hard. You know, it's going to test you in ways that things happen in your life. Um, and then at a, on a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful April day at like 8 a.m., I kind of like lost my mucus plug, I think. Um, didn't really give much thought to it. Went to work. Came home around like 11. Went and got a manicure. Went to Target. Ate like the best club sandwich I've ever eaten in my life. Still had zero idea that I was in labor. I thought maybe something was going on, but I was like, whatever. Um, I went on a five-mile walk <laughs> with my husband and the dog. I probably should have realized at that point that like I just wanted to keep walking. No desire to go home. No desire to stop. Um, wasn't really timing contractions. I, I mean, it's so funny to look back on it because I'm like, hey, I, I was totally in labor. Totally. But I had no idea. Hadn't called the midwife. Hadn't, hadn't reached out to anyone. Um, the sun set and we curled up on the couch and Eric and I did and we watched this silly show that we watched on the eight it was like ABC family. It was called Make It or Break It. It was like mm-hmm. this have you watched it? It's mm-hmm. like this gymnastic show about these kids who try to get to the Olympics. But and then we made dinner. We made chicken fingers and mac and cheese. And I remember I looked at the food in front of the on my plate and I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't eat this. I'm nauseous. So I called my midwife and I was like, hey, so this is going on. I think it's been going on for a little while. She said, okay, no big deal. Lay, I'm going to lay out my clothes just in case you call me in the middle of the night. But go take a bath and go to bed. And, you know, if I hear from you, I'll be on my way. And I was like, okay, this is great. <laughs> it's so funny to think about this now as I've had I get four other babies naturally at home. I mean, but I had no idea what was going on. So I went up and I took a bath, which was in hindsight, probably the single worst thing I could have done. Cause what that did is that relaxed my body enough mm-hmm. to finish the labor process. My water broke as I got out of the bathtub, the baby. I mean, I, I literally, if I had just sat down and pushed would have had the baby on the bathroom floor. And then that just started this entire hour of absolute chaos. I'm screaming Eric's thinking about the birth classes that we took and the fact that we were going to push for two hours and that I was this, he thought that this was just the start of active labor. And I'm like, I don't think you understand the baby is coming out of my body. And if anybody has ever felt that fetal ejection reflex, when you're like, literally, please keep this baby inside of me. I am not safe. This baby is not safe. Like I, cause, cause I had as much as I was going to a midwife and as much as I had had the special type of care, I still was terrified of childbirth. I'd never seen it before. You know, you have what you think of in the movies. You know, the baby's going to come out not breathing. What's going to happen then? The safest place for this baby is to stay inside my body. Um, So I got in the back of the car. We absolutely should have just had him at the house, but I didn't know better. Got him in the back of the car. I got on all fours. 
Eric flew as fast as he could to the birth center, which was like 15 minutes away. Um, as we were pulling off the highway, I couldn't take it anymore. The baby popped out and I had put, I had put underwear on and a pad because my water just, my water's broken. So mm-hmm. it just comes out in gushes. Um, and so Nathan's head was between, was between the pad and my body. Um, I was pretty convinced that he was not alive. Um, because I figured he was suffocating. I don't think he, I think his head, now what I know about childbirth, I think his head had probably come out. He probably wasn't all the way out, but he was out enough that that like desire to get him out of my body Mm -hmm. was gone at that point. We pulled into the birth center, midwife came out, ripped off my underwear, took him, put him on my chest and we sat in the back of the car for a little while. So yeah, it was crazy. And he came out screaming and he screamed for the first year and a half of his life. He still screams at nine years old. He's, um, he's kind of my highly emotional one. I think he entered the world the way he was supposed to enter the world mm-hmm. to match his personality. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think my takeaway from that is like I needed like that 100% wake up call that my life was not now that I was a mom was literally not going to be able to be planned. Like, mm-hmm. like I had think I had planned every second of my life going up to that minute. Mm-hmm. I knew when I wanted to get married. I knew when I wanted to have babies. Like, I knew like that I thought I was in control of everything. Mm-hmm. And then, nope. No. Then Nathan <laughs> came out on the side of the highway, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, so this is what motherhood is? Mm-hmm. Oh, great! This is going to be awesome. Let me buckle my seatbelt and let's yeah. get going." Um, but yeah, I mean, three hours later, we were back at home picking up the aftermath of whatever we left and, you know, the rest was history. Yeah. So it's crazy. It's nuts. It's nuts <laughs> that like life can just be crazy sometimes. But so then you went from Lennox yeah. to Gabe. Went from Lennox to Gabe. How much time between the <clears> two? <throat> um, they're 21 months apart. So pretty close. Yeah, I mean, my boys are 20. So yeah. Yeah. Pretty close. And um. Honestly, I didn't do a whole lot different because yeah. I, I don't know. Um, but I was a little bit more confident in what I wanted. But I think I did get an epidural and it worked like 60%. Okay. Um, you know, Were you induced even this that, time too? they broke my water. Okay. I did have a little bit of pit, but it wasn't a whole lot. Um, but it was probably like a... I mean, it was like a three-hour process in the hospital. Um, Had him, and so so it wasn't a whole lot different. Nothing was traumatic with that. Um, But each kid, I look back, and like a little bit changed, and I would learn a little bit more about this. And um, so, like, really nothing fancy. I mean, like, nothing in the back of the car. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I, I mean, mine are fairly boring to, at the beginning, you know, yeah. um, but it was good and I was happy with it. And, you know, were you induced again or did you go into labor for Gabe? Yeah. Um, no, I was like four centimeters, five. And then I agreed. I agreed to go in. Um, so it was a Friday. All my kids are born on Fridays. Every single one of Every them. Every single one of them. Are you kidding me? That's so cool. No. Yeah. 
Three of them I chose and then three did not, but they ended up on Fridays. That's fantastic. So, yeah. So really that was Gabe. It wasn't anything, but I did learn a little bit more. So you felt a little, a little bit, bit more. more in control. I definitely felt more in control, you know, learned a little bit more about kind of how that epidural works with me, how it affected me. Um, thankfully, I ne- I didn't have any epidural side effects from the times mm-hmm. that I did have them. So thankful for that. Um, yeah, but that wasn't anything. It wasn't yeah. anything like crazy, you know? <clears throat> so I think I learned between Nathan and Alex that I probably wanted to be at home for the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, Were you? So, yeah. So yeah. I found my way to the midwife that had helped Eric's mom have her last baby, which ironically enough was in the same house that we lived in because Eric bought the house from his mother. So it was a little, little different, a little creepy, but um, it was actually one of, I think one of her first births in Richmond that she did. So it was kind of cool. Um, it was a really, really different experience and it took me a long time to get used to it. Um, Definitely more kind of a holistic midwife situation, Um, but it was good. It was, Alex's birth was 100% what I needed. So Nathan was born like dark of the night, couldn't see anything in the car. Like only thing that was lighting the car was the parking lot lights when the midwife put them on my chest. Um, My water broke with Alex on a Tuesday morning at like 6 a.m., And I remember being so terrified that I was going to stand up and it was going to be the same thing. Like I was going to stand up and I was going to need to have him and I wasn't safe and my midwife wasn't there. So she was amazing. I called her and she said, don't move. Don't get out of bed. And she was, she's been practicing for so long. She absolutely knew that I was not in active labor. She knew, I'm sure she knew that I was going to stand up and the baby was not going to fall out, but I needed her there, which was incredible. So she came over, um, you know, she checked me told me to get up, told me to get moving. Um, she was like the perfect, I want to call it like knitting midwife in the sense that she wasn't knitting, she was reading. But she just sat in our bonus room and she was there. And Eric and I did basically exactly the same thing we did with Nathan's birth. We walked, we talked, we hung out, we were alone. It was fantastic. And like around 11.30, I walked upstairs and I walked up to my midwife and I was like, something's changed. And she's like, yeah, you're going to have a baby. Like, you know, like things are things are changing. And So I got in the tub um, and I had chosen already to have it in the bonus room, which is interesting because somebody asked me the other day, like, why out of all the rooms in the house? Like, why not your bedroom? Why not someplace else? And I still to this day don't know um, other than the fact that it all came together so beautifully because it's like the only room in my house that there's skylights. So in every way that Nathan's birth was dark and scary and like, you know, it terrified me. Alex's was like just bright and beautiful with sun shining through the, through the skylights in the middle of the afternoon. I think he was born at like one thirty. Um, it was, it was absolutely perfect. It was exactly what I needed. It was exactly what Eric and I needed to kind of heal from it. Um, and heal from just kind of the terror of having a baby on the side of the road. Um, but it's interesting though, because just like you said, like little things change mm-hmm. and you can't go, I think sometimes from this super traumatic birth experience or this super scary thing or, you know, not being in control and think that your next one, you're going to get everything you want in it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I had a baby step into it. I didn't necessarily create the relationship that I had wanted to with my midwife or that was possible, I think at that point, but what I got was safety. 
Mm-hmm. And what I got was light and beautiful. And like, it was mm-hmm. just, it was fantastic. Um, but it was like baby stepping into that next thing that I needed. Um, and kind of growing as a person and a mother. Yeah. So, yeah. So then you went yeah. to Nora. Yeah. So one of the things with Gabe that you can kind of realize, start realizing with an OB is that if you see one in a larger practice, they may not deliver. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like who delivered Gabe. Um, I didn't really like her personality. I didn't, I just didn't like it. That was mm-hmm. one thing. So with the third one, um, I started to kind of develop a relationship like with this OB that mm-hmm. I really loved that delivered my other kids as well. Um, and somehow we accidentally knew what I was having, but I only knew my first, I knew my first and I knew my last ones, which were twins. So I didn't know the genders kind of in between. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> So he kept this a secret, but he knew I had two boys. So yeah. he knew I was having a girl I didn't know. So like, I swear he did everything he could to possibly be at that birth because oh. um, <clears throat> he wanted to see that. And so once again, it was a similar, but once again, I still went, I don't, I'm weird and I'm very different from you in the fact that like, I like the comfort of a hospital. I'm this huge introvert. It's fantastic. I like, cannot not, imagine having a baby at home and being bombarded like, I, I would like bombarded. It's like, so weird. Hold on, by bombarded kids, with by kids, by people that need you, me. Like yeah, I'm just you can, weird. You can, can, you can kind of control it. And I'm yes, sure okay. I can like hindsight. Yeah. I totally could. But, um, so anyways, I went in there and similar, I was like four centimeters, five. They broke my water, had a baby in, I think it was like under two hours um, I think I got up and this is where like your mental did you growth, get an epidural? I did, but this is where okay. your mental growth creeps a little bit like each time, right? Yeah. Like I can do this, I can do this. So I think I got to about seven or eight centimeters and I was starting to panic. Like mm-hmm. it was really painful. It was really hard. I was still on a bit of Pitocin, right? So by the time I had to wait a bit for the epidural, but by the time I got one, I mean, this thing worked like maybe 20%. Like I felt the entire, you know, it felt that whole baby moved down. I'm like, so yeah. after I had her, I'm like, dude, like if it's a, just a little bit more than that, like mm-hmm. I, I could, I could totally do that. But it's like that little bit of mental like growth each Absolutely. time because it's, it's almost to me, it's, it's, it's way more mental than anything. A hundred percent. Um, so that was like a bit of the growth with that. And mm-hmm. I also love my OB and he did deliver that one. And just the care was very different. But I'd, I'd also grown, yeah. you know, from that. And it's so crazy because like, you know, if I would, I mean, now I guess I'll talk about my third, but the growth. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar because we had two boys very, very close together, back to back. The growth between those, my two boys, and then I had a girl um, was incredible. And it was interesting because I don't think you always realize it, maybe, while yeah. you're going through it. Like I didn't, I'm not the type that ever looks at a birth and says or looks at a pregnancy and says this is what I want to accomplish or this is how I want to go maybe at this point maybe if we have another one I would be that way but um you know going into Caroline's pregnancy I had started latch mama which was huge so I had this like external kind of purpose going on and at the other side of Ben at the other side of Alex's birth I was really really intrigued by this community kind of that my midwife had started and just the birth community in Richmond is is supportive and it's different 
And I was really, really surprised on the other side of Alex's birth that even though I had had like a princess birth, like I call it, like I had a, like there was zero that went wrong. It was perfect. My mom was there on the backside of it. I got to lay in as long as I wanted to. I had all of the help in the world. Somebody was cooking for me. Like it was great. You know, it was still really hard. And I remember just being met with this holy cow, we don't take care of our mothers enough. Like if I had all of this privilege and I had all of this support, I had a, an amazing midwife that would have been there if I had called her about anything. I had a great mom who was in town taking care of me. If this was hard for me, I cannot even imagine what it is like for the women who don't have anybody on the other side, who have to go back to their hourly jobs, who only touch base with their care provider at six weeks. So I was super inspired to find a way, you know, to kind of help others and to really, you know, support moms as they navigate through this process. So Latch Mama was born. So I think when I showed up pregnant with Caroline, like two years later, I'd had a loss in between. Um, didn't really have a great relationship with my midwife. I remember I navigated that loss by myself. But when I showed back up, I knew that in so many ways she could help me grow. And I knew that if I leaned into the process, which was kind of typical midwifery process, she practices out of her house, but it's like an hour of, you know, 20 minutes about the baby and the pregnancy and the rest of it is about you and growth and, you know, figuring mm -hmm. out where you are in life and stuff like that. But Latch Mama had started and I definitely needed, you know, not necessarily support on how to build an e-commerce company, but, you know, a reminder of why supporting moms and kind of loving them through the process was important. So I really think I leaned into that pregnancy and Caroline, my water broke in the evening on a Saturday, which was perfect. And, um, you know, the boys, I got the boys to bed, which was so cool. And one of those beautiful things about home birth is like, as much as you're like, I don't want my kids like bombarding me. It's beautiful because it's seamless. Like it can be seamless. And, you know, Nancy came over around 10 and it was just easy and wonderful and she sat next to the tub and Eric sat on a stool in the corner and then he kind of came over to the tub maybe a little bit I don't know I don't really like to be touched but um I felt every single contraction and it was amazing and I felt her move down and she was born the kids slept right through it they woke up the next morning to their new sister it was like it was beautiful it was magical and for the first time probably in all of my births, I definitely felt supported and I felt safe and, um, it was, it was really cool. So very similar to what you said in the sense that like at some point in the process, you realize that most likely you're going to have a baby and you're going to have a healthy baby and it's going to be okay. But like, mm -hmm. Hey, can I let a little bit of support in? Like, can I, you know, can I feel supported through this process? Can I feel a little bit less alone? Yeah. Which is probably something you and I both struggle with a little bit yeah, in I life mean, in general. There's always this, this air of, things that you can't control with, mm -hmm. with birth and pregnancy. But I think as you go through each one of them, you feel a little bit more in control of those things you can control mm -hmm. and kind of an awareness and understanding that, you know, I may not be able to control that, but this is kind of my desires. This is what I would like. Mm -hmm. And you kind of like let go a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always had kind of like, you know, you hear like, oh, you write your birth plan, you do all this. And um, even from the beginning, even with the one or two, I, I was definitely more of like, 
uh, go with the flow. Like I kind of knew what I wanted, but like I wasn't going to get stuck into yep. one thing or another. But like as you go on, like those are kind of the things I, you know, yeah. would kind of start to understand. And I was always kind of at the point where in this, I think with birth plans and stuff in general, like once you kind of accept the fact that there's stuff you can't control, mm-hmm. in my opinion, I never really wanted to get my hopes up and have them broken. Like I wanted to be prepared for everything. And I think that there's something very magical and something very special when you can connect with a care provider in such a way that it doesn't matter what happens. You know, and that's the whole thing. It's like, it doesn't matter if you end up with a C-section. If you have the right care provider, they're going to do everything in their power to make sure Mm -hmm. that it's still a positive birth experience for you. And um, I think that that's, you know, my constant takeaway. I think I probably talk about that more on this podcast than anything else. And you... I think getting to the point where women feel like they deserve that Mm -hmm. is, is big, you know, it's just getting to the point where it's okay to go search for that. And it's okay to leave the, the, you know, OBGYN that gave you your first pap to find somebody who Mm -hmm. fits you as who you are as a birthing person. Right. You know? Um, so then you went on to Nellie. Yes. So, and I have to look back like all these pregnancies. I don't, I was so overwhelmed. I mean, I think at that point I had three under three, no, three, Nora was born September. So Lennox was like three and three months. Yeah. Wow. Um, now Nellie between Nora and Nellie is a big gap. That's my biggest gap, which is two and a half years. Um, I know <laughs> such right? a huge gap, like massive so big. gap, huge. <laughs> um, but it was, and we'd always talked about four kids. And yeah. so I'm like, this is my last. I'm like, with every the, the little steps that I learned and all that, I knew at that point, and I'm like, I don't need that epidural. It didn't work for me, yeah. number one. So I'm going to, like, try this, and I'm going to see because it's my last kid. And I look back, and I'm like, kind of like, I should probably should be treating. You know, hindsight, like, I, I should have had this kind of feeling with all of them, but I feel like this feeling is where I've got to absolutely because of all these different, ex- different experiences. 100%. So that was my thing. I was like, I'm just going to go out like, like, like whatever happens, like whatever happens. I loved my OB. Um, pretty much by that point, he was like, I will be at your births regardless. That's like awesome. I had his phone number. He's like, just text me. We will, you know, I'll be there. Did so you that was, tell him that you didn't, you wanted to try and do it naturally? Yeah. And well, by then, after the, well, after the third epidural, he's like, that didn't really work, did it? And I'm like, nope. He's like, you know, you can do this. He's like, whatever you want, you know? I mean, that's yeah. just him. What, whatever you wanted is what he wanted to get for you, which yeah. is great. Um, so, yeah, then there was Nelly and all my other ones I had around 40 weeks because mm-hmm. I went in. So, Nelly, I went over 40 weeks. And I think it was like 40 and five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But my water never broke. But I contractions started like consistently mm-hmm. I don't know it was like 11 30 or something at night and so I labored overnight and um did you labor at home overnight amazing like the mental growth yeah yeah no I was awake the whole night so but I finally went in I think it was like 5 30 started yeah. getting to where they were like really like just difficult to what? work through right like you can tell the yeah. ones that are making progress progress and ones that are just what know. made you want to labor at home more than the other ones was it because you went in at the other one you went yeah but you just decided you wanted to do it on your like, own it's and my like, last kid like you were confident let's just like see I had the confidence by then absolutely but I had to learn that like yep. it just it didn't come naturally for me and 
you know, by then I'd had multiple kids. I'd educated myself more. I yeah. I found more resources. I knew what I wanted. I was more confident. I knew how this worked because I'd had three already. Absolutely. Like it's a little less you know, scary it's, too. It yeah. is. It's a little less scary to say, you know, I'm I'm fine alone at home at twelve at night and no mm-hmm. one's awake. Like yeah. I'm gonna be okay because I know how this works. I know my body and yeah. that kind of thing. That's such an amazing, Isn't it? it's so it, great. But it and takes, for some people, it just Absolutely. takes a while. Um, it also takes a good care provider. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like he empowered you to know yeah, that yeah. your body was okay yeah. and that you're not broken and that nope. you were going to And I still do. trucked myself to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> my little happy place. Um, but <laughs> it was different because by it. the time I got in, you know, I did not know contractions not on on not on yeah, pitocin. Absolutely, I didn't. Were they different? So by the time those contractions, by the time I went in, I'm like, you know, I gotta be. I don't know. I don't know what I thought I was, but by the time I went in, I was like, I think I was around like a six or seven. I think. Um, so then he came in, he sat down, and he was just like, like, what do you want to do? You know, like my water hadn't broken, mm-hmm. so I could walk. I could have walked out of there if I wanted to, but I was just very confident and very yeah. happy with where I was. I had a, I had a ball. I love to be on the ball. Um, Did it feel like an athletic endeavor at that point? Like, do you ever yeah. feel like, yeah. yeah, like challenging yourself? Oh yeah. By the time yourself? I got to Nelly and then the twins, it yeah. was just like, leave me alone. I always had some music on, and yep. I'm like, we're just gonna like rock this out. Like, it, but that's always nice for me because you know there's an end point. Absolutely. So I'm like. When something's never ending, that's yeah. hard to kind of mentally wrap. Now, your I would brain say around. I would give birth any day over the stomach flu. I say oh, yeah, that yeah, all yeah. the time. Well, I, s- like, I say that now, right? Because it's yeah. so progressive. Like you actually yeah. know normally that yeah. things are there's an end point and that there's an end and yeah, it's just a beautiful thing at the end of it. Yeah. So he gave me a choice. Like so, he did. You know, he did just check me. He's like, "You're like six to seven. He's like, "You tell me what you want to do." He's like, "What do you want to do? Like, do you want to just keep going? Do you want me to break your water?" He's like we can just break it and do nothing. He's like, do you want to put kind of just like a hip lock in? Do you want anything? Mm-hmm. He's like, here's, he laid, this is what I love about him. He's like, look, if you do want an epidural, he said, you got to have one of those bags through your body. Mm-hmm. So he's like, we can't not hook you up. And you mm-hmm. ask me later to get one. The answer is going to be no. He's like, so just you make your decision. And yep. I already knew I didn't want it. So I'm like, I don't want it. I'm like, just put in a, a lock and tape it yeah. down just in case. So that's what they did. And I remember my nurse, she was going to school to be a midwife. And in the end, I was like, you know what? I'm like, break my water. I'm good to go. Because yep. I knew. As soon as they break their water. Once we break our water, we're like game on. I'm like, give me the game. Like, yeah. I'm ready. Like, yeah. I'm ready to do this type of thing. Um, so, yeah, I broke my water and I sat on a ball and she was so sweet. Like, she didn't leave the room. But to be honest, he broke my water and I had a baby like 45 minutes, an yeah. hour later. And she sat on my back. She pushed on my back. I do you remember, hate do you remember her name? people touching me. No, but <laughs> she didn't like rub me. Yeah. She literally just pushed. And, yeah. and it was probably one of those last two contractions. And then obviously I was kind of nauseous. I was like, I'm, you know, I'm definitely like in transition. She's yeah. like, well, she's like, do you want to hop on the bed? And I was like, yeah, because at that point I was kind of like shaky, shaky on the ball. Yeah. Hopped up on the bed and then like that was the craziest thing. Like that was just what was so cool about not like feeling everything. Yeah. Like the that you know, and I was like, Oh my god, like I felt this the last time, just not to this extent, yeah. right? And then you're always kind of worried, like, you know, you hear about this like ring of fire stuff and all of this. And but honestly, I mean, it was like 
like five seconds and like the kid was out. And by my fourth kid, yeah. then I'm literally just like, then I'm worried about telling him at the right time because I'm like, the kid's going to fly out. Yeah. Like there's really no Vagina pushing. Cannon. It's literally yeah. like Absolutely. controlling yep. my muscles to like slowly let them out. Like yeah. there's really not any pushing at that point. Um, yeah. And he was, he was in there in the heart. Well, at first he like ran away. I'm like, you better go get him. Like get him like now. And he like came back and whatnot. But um, yeah, it was, it was a great birth. It's it awesome. was good. Yeah, it was great. I don't, you know, and like that was apparently our last one. So, and I didn't know ding, that ding, either. Ding, 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 ding. I didn't know that either. So then <laughs> I had continued. two girls. All right, hold on. We can't hand talk yet. Hold I on. Two we, boys and two girls. Two girls. So you were done. I was like, this is fantastic. Little family. Yeah. Um, so that was a good one. <sighs> yeah, that's cool. But, yeah, I like I it. Know. And you got to like hang out with her and without other little kids around and somebody. Yeah. I mean, they all food. come visit. They yeah. absolutely all come visit. But um, and it's kind of nice. By the time you have like three or four kids, three or four kids. I mean, I saw a local IBCLC in the hospital every time and she like remembered me like from each one. Yeah. And by then she'd come in and she's sit, been super was, supportive of Latch Mama, too. We yeah. Love her. She would just come in and sit and be like, hey, she's like, what number is this now? And like <laughs> she was really she's really, really wonderful. Yeah. But like by then people like leave you alone. Yeah. You know, it was great. It was really, really good. Oh. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what number I'm on. So we've done Caroline. B. B. Sweet yeah. little BB. Oh, sweet Benjamin. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened. I mean, th- things are good. I mean, th- all my births have been great. Um, there was a loss between, I don't know, was there a loss between Caroline and Benjamin? No, I don't think there was. I think we got pregnant pretty quickly I'm all my kids are about two years apart um Benjamin's pregnancy was was different I think latch mama was getting heavy it was getting hard it was getting bigger we were in these like growing pain stages I really wanted nothing to do with support or care I just kind of floated through the pregnancy um it makes it sound really bad, but it just, it wasn't, it, 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 it wasn't Caroline's pregnancy. And I think that sometimes you just have to admit that things are different. Um, midwife's still absolutely fantastic, you know, what I needed her to be, but it just wasn't, wasn't quite the same. I think that, you know, I had three kids and like I said, Latch Mama was growing and there was a lot going on. Um, with Benjamin, my water broke. I remember I didn't feel well. I came home early from work. I didn't feel well. I stood up, my water broke and it was, I normally had my babies somewhere in the 37 to 38 and a half week range. So it was right there in the middle of that. And I expected the same thing to happen that happened with all the rest of them. So my water broke with Caroline, my water broke with Alex and, you know, within a couple of hours I was in active labor and we had a baby. Mm -hmm. My longest like labor at that point was like four or five hours. Um, But that's not what happened with Benjamin. Something didn't happen. The oxytocin wasn't coming in. It wasn't happening. He didn't really want to come out. Um, So it was a really, really long night. Um, I think my water broke around four or five. And, you know, you would expect by the time you got to your fourth baby that you knew your body and you knew the process Mm -hmm. and everything was going to be the same and fine. Um, But I think that I I, I needed to be maybe thrown for another loop. (laughs) I think I needed to kind of learn how to trust myself and my body a little bit more. Um, I remember I thought everything was great and I thought I was progressing fine and I got in the tub and I expected to have my baby in there. And then I remember my midwood, my midwife came over and she just kind of looked at me and she's like, you've been in the tub for four hours. Like you need to get out or three hours. I don't even remember what it was, but 
she's like, you need to get out. And I was like, well, if I get out, then like, I, I like what do I get back in? And she's like, no, you get out and you walk and you labor and you figure out how to have this baby. But the tub's slowing you down. Like you're not in active labor enough to be in the tub. And for me, there was a certain fear with that because I had never been in active labor other than with Nathan outside of water. Um, and I was really scared about how that was going to feel. So for me that night, and I look back on it and there's so much, I don't know, to process, to learn from it. It was really lonely. Eric, for some reason, because I don't, I don't interact a lot with other people when I'm in labor, but it's always been fast. So it's always been something like you said, you know, you bounce on the ball, you listen to music, you get it done. Mm -hmm. That night I couldn't get it done. And Mm. it was really hard. Eric sat in a, sat in the corner and read a book which is what he knew to do while I was in labor. He knew to be present, but to let me rock it out. And so, but I didn't have the mental capacity that night to tell him that I needed something different. I didn't have the capacity to tell my midwife I needed something different. So she was telling me what to do, told me to walk stairs, told me to lunge, told me to just keep moving, I guess. I don't know. It was a really, really weird night. It was one of those nights where like I had to dig in to myself and I had to figure it out. Um, eventually, you know, I felt it progressing. I knew I wasn't going to get back in the tub, um, until I was closer to actually having the baby. Um, we did some pressure point work. I remember I hit transition and I was standing in the kitchen and it was the first time outside of water other than when I had Nathan in the back of the car that I had transitioned and I was standing up and I held on to the countertop in the kitchen. And I remember thinking, holy hell, I'm going to vomit like everywhere. And I had no idea where anybody was because you kind of start to black out a little bit. Gravity and like there was a bit of a beast. Absolutely. Like, it is. hundred percent. And I had no idea where anybody was. I knew like, I mean, I adore my midwife. I knew that she was not very far away, but I needed somebody to ground me at that point. And there was, I, I don't know where anybody was. Um, and I remember being really terrified. So I ended up somehow on the stairwell, like we have like a little open stairwell. And I remember she was standing in the kitchen and she was leaning up against the dishwasher. And so I could see her down the hallway and she's like, I want you to squat for the next two contractions. When you have a contraction squat. And I was like, okay. And if anybody ever knows, like at that point and you know, I couldn't communicate what had happened in the kitchen. So like I wasn't communicating that I was probably in transition And I do a very, very good job at keeping myself kind of under control. Um, Not that you have to keep yourself under control. I would much rather in that situation have not been under control because I would have gotten the help that I probably needed at that moment. But she's like, I need you to squat. And I wanted to be like, holy cow, this baby's going to come out if I squat. But I didn't say that. I listened to her because that's what I do. I follow rules. And I had a contraction. I squatted. And I was like, holy cow. So then the second one came and I looked at her and I screamed down the hallway. I was like, he's coming. And I think she just thought I was losing a little bit of control, I think. But anyways, he came and he came into my pants. The second baby in my life was born into my pants. Um, And so then eventually she came and took off my pants and handed me my baby or no, 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 no. Okay. I've got to give her credit for this. He started coming out a little bit and I guess he hadn't, he had, he had done the Nathan thing where like he had probably come under that bone and it had gotten to the point where like Mm -hmm. there wasn't that insane desire to push my baby out anymore. And she said to me, she pulled down my pants and she's like, you have one contraction. She was, I think she was holding kind of him and she's like, Mm -hmm. where do you want to have your baby? You have one contraction to get where you want to be. And I was like, okay, let me skip on over to, yeah, I was like, like, I'm not going over to the couch. (laughs) I'm not going 
anywhere like <laughs> i am i'm i, I we're, we're having this baby right here like i'm not moving like this baby needs to come completely out of my body so i had him right there she handed him to me i waddled over that was what eric calls my little rabbit poop birth because i was like i i was probably immensely constipated we still laugh that it was like the poop that popped my water instead of like the actual baby and that's why it took so long because for some reason like i had these little like in my little waddle between like the front hall and the couch i like dropped little little rabbit turds and eric was like that was and then eric <laughs> eric followed behind me and he still laughs about it and he's like i followed behind you and i picked up as many as I could he's like and they were so damn hard he's like Melissa how long had that poop been inside of you it's just really funny it's really bad it's so bad but it's funny you have to laugh it's, about it I mean it's, it's birth it's so part of birth. it is yeah. what it is and at the end I just must have I don't I don't know yeah. it's still really funny so like he actually he, we hilarious. actually looked up and googled like whether like the anatomy of a person of like whether you're like I don't even know where your poop's made I'm gonna sound like an idiot like your colon or something can yeah. actually like interfere with your like amniotic sac enough that you could put I mean, they can i mean it's inside your uterus but we were laughing about the fact that my little rabbit turds is actually what evicted benjamin before he was supposed to be born um funny. but yeah i mean there was a lot to learn that night you know i think relationships with care providers are really important i think not losing relationships and actually working on that throughout the pregnancy year i think is really important um and i think that your body is different every birth Every baby's yeah. different. Every yep. pregnancy is different. And you just have to lean into whatever you're given in terms right. of a birth. I mean, there's many people who've had, you know, three natural, beautiful births and then yep. end up with a breech baby and end up with a C-section. Yep. I mean, you... You just you, don't know. Yeah. You get what you're given. Yeah. So you don't know. So what yeah. happens when you think your family's done with four <laughs> and then... Your family's done with four. And I was driving on the way home... The, driving home from the beach was like a vacation I was like I feel so sick I'm like it's just weird like I'm not sick and he just looked at me and I was like nope not, how, ta not taking one how, and it was like how three, was three days later and I was like I mean it was like textbook like pregnancy nausea and all that and I'm like you know so I took one and I I'd like I don't like there was like hardly any control line like my <laughs> test line was like like magenta brick red like i mean it was how just late like were you so dark this was like no i i here's the thing with me and this mm -hmm. maybe this is why i have so many kids like i have a super regular cycle i don't know what it was super from. irregular irregular sorry irregular i mean it could range from 32 days to 67 68 yeah. which is a couple of mine so i have no idea so we were like oh are you late i'm like i have no idea like i yeah. don't know um my guess was I was fairly early, which, yeah. you know, and it was, I would think I was like right around like four weeks or something. So yeah, so I went in, but that time I was like, you know, maybe I'm going to go switch. Maybe I'll go see a midwife. Wow. You were going to leave your guy. So I went to go and see a midwife and she's like, yeah, she's like, you're measuring a little bit bigger. She's like, but it's like your fifth kid. Like your uterus is still big it's already yeah. big it's already yeah. stretched out that's very very common I was like well I'd really like a dating ultrasound because like I, d I don't know like I couldn't even tell you when my last cycle is I feel like I was on and off breastfeeding at that point Nellie was my longest I nursed her till like 18 months which is not that long but um I felt so sick by then I was like I can't you can't touch me um so I weaned her but like I didn't I I don't remember the last time I had a cycle, right? I was either pregnant or nursing. <laughs> so by the time I came back in, I was like nine, 10 weeks. 
I don't know. And you went back to the midwife. Back to the midwife, had an ultrasound. So they work, they have an OB on staff, right? Okay. And I honestly don't remember where I was. I was at St. Francis, probably the midwife center there. Did not like this OB. It was like a military type guy, like very different. So I have this ultrasound. The lady's like, oh, look, it's twins. And I'm like... <laughs> I don't even really know what I did. I was like kind of a bit like. Hold on, how old were your kids at this point? Manic. So you had, you had four at home that were like. So the twins are born in March. Nellie's May. So once again, here we are 22, 21 months apart. Right. So yeah, I had <laughs> what? Lennox was six. I don't know. I had four kids, four kids under whatever. And you were homeschooling home. Lennox at that point. Linux and Gabe was doing kindergarten. I don't, I don't even know, Melissa. I, d- I don't know. It's all a big fat blur. So I get this ultrasound and she's like, yeah, there's two. And I'm like, you just, you just can't fat. Like you just can't mentally try to understand that. Like it's supposed to happen in to ones, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I was crying. I was yelling. I don't know. The nurse physically backed away from the table. And <laughs> You know, but this like little military OB dude, this is just, you know, nothing new, walked out and I was just like, I don't, I don't even know. Was Matt with you? No, he was supposed to be there and I was really (laughs) mad and I texted him and he's like, ah, stop joking. I'm like, it's not a joke. Like, it's not a joke. Like, what are you going to do? Like, he just didn't respond and, but it took me about four or five months to actually grasp so that pregnancy. was there like fear because they were mono die? Yeah. So you can have die die. They have their own placenta, own sacs, essentially literally like two pregnancies mm-hmm. at the same time. But they're obviously fraternal twins. So mine were mono die. So they had their own, you know, thin little sac, but they shared a placenta. Okay. So it makes it kind of moderately like risk. You know, mm-hmm. we're not talking mono mono, same sac, possible strangulation, like all mm-hmm. that. So I'm right in the middle. So now I'm sitting here going like, I have to work with that OB. Like, I don't have a choice based on the type of twins I have. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't like him. Yeah. like, what am I going to do? So I was like, drawn right back to my guy. And I called and left a message. He called me back. He's like, I hear you're pregnant and you haven't been to see me. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Like so sweet but like I apologized and I just I'm like I'm terrified I'm like it's not one it's two this is what I have but at that point right off the bat I'm like I know exactly the birth I want yep and um this is what I want and I said but coming back to your practice I can't birth with anybody else I say can you commit to my birth he said absolutely and I said okay and then he gave me a couple things he's like what did he say He's like, there's two things. He said, I can't budge on. He said, I can't budge on the OR. He said, and I, you have to have one down. He said, I don't care about the other. You'll get it out. We'll yeah. make it work. He it's, said, but one has to be head down. One, that first presenting baby has to be head down. And I'm like, for what? you to attempt a vaginal delivery. Yes. Um, I think if I had um, fraternal twins, mm-hmm. if they were both breech, he would have been like, let's go. Yeah. But the fact that they're sharing a placenta. He said, mm-hmm. we can't, we can't deal with. So there are all kinds of things involved in this. So pretty much that was what I couldn't draw the line at. You had to be in the OR just in case. In the OR. In the section. Mm-hmm. And um, one had to be head down. So those which were is, like. Which is still incredibly progressive. I mean, the fact oh. that he was even willing to go after a breach one is, I feel, I mean, I don't know too much about this, but I would think that mm-hmm. that's pretty. Oh, the anesthesiologist was pissed. Like he was not happy in that room. So anyways, off we go on this journey. 
And thankfully, I had a wonderful, healthy pregnancy with the type of twins. I mean, you can get into all kinds of growth right. issues and things like that, which are great. But you carried them until my water broke at 36, four. It's amazing. Freaked the heck out. I'm like, it's early. And it's Gabe's, not, it's not early for twins. I mean, it's not, and but I'm yeah. used to going 40. And I kind of freaked out and I'm like, no, no, no. Like I'm not ready. Yeah. But my, um, Gabe's birthday is, was like two days away. All okay. I wanted to do was make it to Sunday. This was Thursday night. All I wanted to do was make it to Sunday. We had a little party for him on Saturday. Nope broke Thursday night, which automatically meant I was going to be away Mm -hmm. for two days, miss his little birthday party, Mm -hmm. all that. So it's like really, really sad. But anyways, my water broke 1130. I called him that night. I said, Hey, my water broke. He's like, okay. I said, but but I wanted labor at home. You had been to an appointment. So I'd been to appointment that day and we had one head down. Okay. But I knew when I got to the hospital, they're going to need to do another ultrasound to check to make sure we haven't flipped anything yeah. or anything like that. So one was head down. So we were okay. I'm like, I'd like to labor at home for a little bit. He said, that's fine. He said, just be, he's like, you're well aware. He's mm-hmm. like, you felt the contractions last time. He mm-hmm. said, we just, we can't mess around with these. So just <laughs> because it's twins, because it's twins and because the type of twins I yeah. have. So anyways, but I think it got to around like 4.35. I made like three massive trays of bacon. I made cookies. <laughs> I love it. Like, but the contractions were totally okay, different. Can, can we just like talk about the fact? Can we like just talk about the growth between Lennox yeah. and you show up at the hospital mm-hmm. and you're like, I don't know what's happening. Yes, induce me. He's a little big, whatever. To the fact that you are water mm-hmm. broken at home with monodied twins yeah. making bacon. Like, holy yes. confidence and like holy growth yeah. between like the fear of childbirth yeah. and allowing somebody yes. to control the process and literally yeah. trusting your body and knowing that yeah. you knew what was happening. Yeah. Like, that like, and not makes only, me all teary eyed. Like, and it's not amazing. only that, but like the growth between like, I was, I'm like, I'm going to breastfeed this baby with Lennox. He ended mm-hmm. up in the NICU. And I'm like, first time mom trying to nurse in a upright wooden rocking chair with screaming preemies around me. I, I just was terrified and quit and I exclusively pumped. Gabe, I was terrified, but I want to breastfeed. Mm-hmm. Everything went really well. I was kind of your terrified first breastfeeding yeah. mom wondering about supply and all that stuff. But so as these kids go on, they like progressed, right? And I kind of like breastfed all of them on demand. Well, here I am with four kids under six and I'm going to bring twins home. And I'm like, nope. Like it was just kind of crazy confidence. And I'm like, I'm going to breastfeed these kids, but they are, I'm going to also pump. They're going to take bottles from the first day. They're going to have pacifiers and I'm going to breastfeed them for a year. Like yeah. that's what we're going to do. And it was yeah. literally just like, it almost felt a bit robotic, but I'm yeah. like, this is what I'm doing. Like, yeah. this is what's going to happen. Like, I remember seeing Laurel in the hospital breastfeeding yeah. and she had someone else that was kind of um, shadowing her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is what I'm doing. Like, help me find a game plan. And it was just like, it you was really, really cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Right, so, so you made I your bacon. These. So you made your bacon. So I made my bacon, went on in, had an ultrasound. Kids had flipped. So they could tell like based on like cranial things and yeah. all that. So Amelia had shoved her sister out of the way, but she had stuck her head down. So I still okay. had one head down and okay. Estelle was breached kind of like across side lying across, but she had something down here. So I'm going to tell you like these contractions felt mm-hmm. so different. Um, they didn't feel as strong. And I think it's because 
you know, well, they number one, my uterus so was like on the end of its rope. Yeah. So, right. But it was just very different. Very, very different. I didn't feel like I was making as much progress. But anyways, it, it was fine. It was the same. I labored and I had them. Hold on. So you labored until you were ready to push a baby out. Yeah. No so epidural. I had them. I could tell. When did they bring you to the OR? Um, so I was, I was lying on the bed. I finally got out of the bed cause I started to feel just a little bit off and I'm like, it's gotta be getting close. So I got up on the bed and then I realized I'm like, Oh, yep. Cause I could feel that whole mm-hmm. baby kind of slide down. I'm like, you better go get him because if I have to be in there, like, yeah, I'm almost to the point of holding them in, yeah. like holding the first one in. So Matt threw on scrubs mm-hmm. and I don't know the time. I'm sure it was longer, probably five to 10 minutes, but yeah. it felt very, 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 very fast. fast. So they quickly wheeled me over. I had to switch tables to what mm-hmm. legit felt like a wooden bench <laughs> outside. It was, you know, it's very yeah. narrow cause it literally just fits your body. I look back and I'm like, oh, I could have just stayed on that hospital bed. But I would have regretted everything if something Absolutely. had happened, right? Yep. So we're in there and like, the I, I want- just want to start and want to give you an epidural? I had a lock. Or? Okay. So I had a lock just in case they yeah. literally had to knock me out. Yeah. But that was all I had. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wasn't very happy, which was fine. But um, <laughs> so that's what I wanted. I didn't want any anything. Um, and so I'm on there. And I'm like, it's flat as a board, yeah. but like, I can't get on like stirrups? all fours. He's are there, like, are you there know, stirrups on it. Nope. No stirrups. Okay. So I kind of had like one knee flaps, one up. But at one point I'm like, babe, you're going to have to hold me up because I can't push yeah. laying down. And with my placenta, they're sharing a placenta with like ruptures. I can't get on all fours. Okay. So I was, I was kind of bent up to this, like curled up to the side so I pulled the whole like right side of my back like oh. on the second baby so anyways first baby came like flying in he like came like literally ran in the thing came here and then like there's the kid um but he also told me that the fact that they share placentas he's like I- I'm because not gonna give you time in so, between so for those that don't kind of understand what happens in childbirth is after you have a baby your placenta detaches your placenta is what feeds your baby mm-hmm. oxygen and nutrients so if that placenta detaches between one and two, that second one is free fallen inside you without any sort of yes. oxygen or support. Exactly. Okay. Um, or if it ruptures or yeah. anything like that. So he's like, here's the deal. We can do everything you want. He said, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go and get that second baby. Yeah. And that's your choice. Yeah. Um, so I knew what was gonna, <laughs> was going to happen. I don't know if people have like external versions. People can have internal versions. So, mm-hmm. His hand was literally up to his elbow, up in my body, trying to see if he could get that head down mm-hmm. without breaking that water. But of course, he doesn't have a lot of time. Yep. Worried about that placenta. I'm also fifth and sixth pregnancy, so my uterus is very, very stretched. Um, well, water breaks, he gets two legs. So here we go, and this one's coming out breach. And I've always said, like, now I know there's a reason babies come out head first, because I've never had to push that hard in my entire because life. Because you had to get the butt out. In the- Be- well, there were feet. So, okay. so th- I feel like there's a reason you get that pressure and that head first because yeah. it's that largest part and like the rest kind of like slides out after mm-hmm. the shoulders. Well, now I got to get those shoulders out and then a head. Yep. So just incredibly different. So yeah, like I pulled the whole entire Was right side frantic of my body. at all? Nope. 
good. Nope. Yeah. But he did. He got. But he the the, the mood kind of changed to where he was like he was in doctor like mode. he was looking at me straight with his eyes. He would tell me what to do, and I did it. And then he looked at me and he said, "This push, you get the kid out." Yeah. And I'm like, "Got it," and pushed like a crazy yeah. woman and came out. Everything was fine. But it was pretty wild. Like, that's incredible. Really, really wild. But you probably, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb here, probably wouldn't have had the confidence to do that first or second. Oh, my gosh. No, yeah. no, not even close. Not yeah. even close. But, you know, there's like a seven, seven to eight year Absolutely. kind of growth between yeah. all of those, all of those. It's so it's fascinating. It's wild. It's wild, so, wild. so cool. Yeah. It's amazing. Crazy. And then I had two. And that just kind of blows your mind. Yeah. Because when they're all balled up, you know, you can kind of see how they fit. But then there's my husband like this. They were big. They were good size. They were six five and six seven. So I mean, you just look and I'm just like, I can't even It's amazing. You know. So incredible. It's really, really wild. So I had them there and I wheeled them back over. And that was probably No Nikki. Everything was fine. Um they took them off, absolutely, to check. Um, but they brought him back like within 30, 45 minutes and I was able to kind of a- attempt to get them both latched on. But like, I didn't really like tandem feed till like three weeks. Um, but yeah, it was just, it's kind of incredible. That's Wild. so cool. It's such a fun way to end though. Like in that, like, like that's like yeah. birth, like high intensity, amazing badassness right there. I mean, it was not only was it twins, but it was like a footling breach twins. Like, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. But it was really neat to see like his confidence in you. And I think sometimes you don't have that care provider that literally looks at you and he's like, you know, when we talked about it, he took a risk then too. He said OR and he said one head down. He's like, you can do whatever else. He's like, you'll get him out. And I was like, oh, okay. Yes, I will. Like, you know, it's like, but it's incredible to have somebody that really does like we can do it and we can do it your way with a few things um like amazing it was god i wish that for everybody in this world and that's what's so crazy i had a few limits with the type of pregnancy i had and all that but i everything else i i was able to get what i wanted which is great it's amazing so yeah so cool i don't have i don't have a great story like that for my last one but yeah yeah but let's go there's like the car and then there's There's like my first three so no it's fine it's It's good yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, sweet but, Catherine girl. Yeah. So we got pregnant. Catherine was not as planned as the rest of them. She was like one of those. Let's try not to have a baby. But like got pregnant like nine days before I ovulated seven days. It probably wasn't nine. It was probably more like seven. I wasn't the best at charting. But um, what was really cool about it is kind of I've, the science behind it and the timing. I pretty much knew hoped it was a girl um and I really wanted Caroline to have a sister so you know there was some magic surrounding it it was a really really hard time um it was just it it was just an interesting time to be pregnant once again latch mama was changing it was it was a lot it wasn't it wasn't quite as like I want to have a baby right now as some of the rest of them had been um so it took me a little while to get my head wrapped around it um, I, I don't know. Kat, Catherine's pregnancy was interesting. It was another one of those interesting little journeys. Um, but every baby had been born definitely before 39 weeks. Alex was my longest at like 38 and five or something. Um, but 
Catherine just didn't want to come into the world. Like she just, she just was just chilling. She was happy. We got to, we got to 39 weeks. We got to 40 weeks. We got to 40 and five. And finally, like my blood pressure normally goes up at the end a little bit. And I was getting a little scared because I feel like if your normal is like between 37 and 38, like, and you're older and like, you've had a lot of babies, like, what is that placenta looking like at mm-hmm. 41 and five or 40 and five? I don't even know how far we went, but we went a long ways. And I felt like I had been in labor for weeks. I was exhausted. And like, Eric was ready for me to have the baby. The kids were ready for me to have the baby. Like the nannies were ready for me to have the baby. Like, I mean, it was like mm-hmm. life had stopped. The house had been spotless everybody was ready and like it was everybody was absolutely miserable I was drinking like red raspberry leaf tea by like the gallon I was contracting all day all night not getting really anywhere it felt like um I think my midwife checked me at an appointment and like the way that kind of I guess the way that I understand it is like I was having contractions, but everything was so stretched out at this point because we were on baby number five Mm -hmm. that the contractions weren't necessarily pushing the baby down as much as like they were just kind of pushing my like, you Mm -hmm. know, really big elastic muscles at this point out. So I wore pregnancy belt, I think for like only like a day, but like when she pushed the baby down, while she checked me, I was like a good like four, five, six, like just walking around in life Mm -hmm. because I was still contracting. And the problem is, is that I have babies so fast and my second stage is so fast and I don't have to push babies out that like, I really didn't want to have another baby alone. So we kind of played with it a little bit. I called her on a Monday morning and I was like, I'm done. Like we need to have this baby. And my blood pressure had gone up a little bit more. And she was like, yeah, it's probably time to have this baby. So we did a little bit of a, a labor inducing cocktail, um, which did what I feel like absolutely nothing. It didn't affect me the way I think it affects most people. I didn't poop or do anything like that, but it would have been nice <laughs> if I had, cause it would have been hopefully helpful to make sure that it didn't, I didn't have little rabbit pellets like Benjamin, but, um, it was really nice. It was a sunny, it was a sunny Monday and she came over, um, she came over like an hour after I took the cocktail and we had built this really pretty sunroom off of the back of the house for Catherine. I say it was for Catherine. I mean, it was for the house, but Catherine didn't really have a room. I had used like every other room in the house to have babies in at this point. I didn't want to overlap and I wanted her to have her special place. So it was beautiful and it was this nice little sunroom. And um, I went on a walk with Eric and I broke my water and I got in the tub and I was like, I, I, didn't, I didn't even have a full contraction in the tub. And I was like, I have to poop. And I just kind of looked at her and I was like, oh, fudge. Like, I'm not pooping. Like, I'm about to have a baby. Like, I was, it was very, very, very fast once my water broke. It was like one contraction. Mm -hmm. She came out. I was smiling. Eric was smiling. There was like very little labor involved in any of it because I was so close anyways. And I had spent like the weeks prior bouncing on a ball, I feel like, and doing half the work. Um, But she was born. And my thing was when I went over to the midwife's house on Monday afternoon and said, you know, Hey, we, we got to get this thing moving. Mm-hmm. Like it's time. And I didn't feel well. And it was, it was time to go. I was like, how cool would it be if we could like literally send the kids away, have this baby and have them home by bedtime. And that's exactly what happened, which was really, really cool. So like, I think the whole process started around like 3 PM and then I had the baby at like seven thirty, and then I FaceTimed with my mom who had the kids and said, Hey, you know, the baby's here. And so they came home, everybody got tucked into bed, baby got tucked into my bed and, uh, you know, the rest was history. So it was beautiful. It was, what it was is it was a super, super happy birth. There Mm -hmm. was very little, 
there was there was very little like unknown about it like it was very controlled it was very I think what everybody needed Mm -hmm. like it was just joyful and it was happy and it was like what we needed after kind of a hard year for kind of everybody involved and it was just it was really really good um but you know it's just so magical how like things teach you things and birth teaches you and you grow and you like yeah and you learn and you sometimes get exactly what you need and I think Catherine's birth was exactly what everybody needed so it was good yeah yeah Wow, this has been a really long podcast episode, but know, how do you do was, it? We did pretty good. I know. I mean, I how do you do well. it with, you know, 11 babies yeah. or 11 babies? So yeah. 10 births, 11 babies. Yeah. Is that where we're at? Wow. You can't have yeah. any more. Maybe we'll add one more no. on my side at some point. We'll see. To be continued. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. Uh, anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. Yep. Sorry it's long. I'm sure you guys had to listen to it in, in batches. But uh, I don't know. Biggest takeaway is you might not exact get exactly what you want. But, you know, search for those little things. And there's yep. always, always something to learn. And yep. someplace to grow. Yep. Cool. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye.